Queens, welcome back. It's the auntie segment. I'm so excited. And we're going to be reading your letters. I'm here with the one and only Asha. You guys have heard from Asha before. She's the bomb diggity. Oh, she's back. Hi, everybody. What's been going on with you? How are you managing through Ford's uh, panorama right now? Okay, I've been doing a lot. I've, I've been going out a lot lately. Going on walks. Okay, because that sounded like something different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you've been going on walks, mm-hmm. patios since we opened up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, my best friend got a pool, so I'm spending a lot of time outdoors. Your best friend got a kiddie pool. No, it's it's for adults. It's just not in the ground. In, exactly. <sighs> okay, whatever you say. You want like you would have been in that pool. <laughs> You're judging me, but <laughs> it just sounds like a kiddie pool to me. Let's put this in the piggy bank, guys. We're doing this podcast in my living room, so you, you have to bear have with me. You actually a lot of all over your house. I know. Because they just fall, and then I look on the floor, and I'm like, who is going to pick that up? And then I just never do Oh, I will do it before I leave. <laughs> um, I mean, before I leave. Yeah. <laughs> you don't live here. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, if in case you were wondering, I've been good, Asha. Um, I was wondering. I, it's whatever. I've been well. I've just been working a lot, but honestly, I'm starting to slow down because money is everything, but also, like, I can't come and kill myself, so. At least you're honest about it. Money is. It is. And I don't care what anybody, money buys happiness. I'm just saying. It buys all the things you need yeah. to stay happy and alive. Yeah. <laughs> it does buy happiness. Um, but we want to talk about a few things before we get into you guys' listener letters. So, as you guys may know, there's been a lot of issues going on in the world right now, particularly. We're going to talk about issues pertaining to Canada, but I want to talk about the missing children and how the thing that has been bothering me the most is that this has become like a phenomenon or like people are just waking up to this but it's kind of always been the case it's like shocking for only white people i think yeah and like people of color here in canada to an extent we kind of heard what was going on with the indigenous people Mm -hmm. but not a lot because you haven't like you haven't taught that in school even when you're taking the immigration test they barely talk about indigenous people I think you only have to, like, know the Métis Inuit and I forget the other one, and that's it. Exactly. They don't really go into depth in talking about literally the atrocities that they committed Mm -hmm. against Indigenous people. It just always amazes me because last year we were here talking about Black Lives Matter, and a lot of our white friends, if y'all have white friends, were messaging us being like, oh my God, oh my God, you're black. But it's like, I've been, like, I've been, so it's, it's like, it just reminds me of that, like, white people are just waking up to be like, oh, 
you mean Canada's not perfect and like, you know, and, and our people murdered thousands? It, yes, sis, your ancestors did that shit. Yeah. And this whole argument of like, should we keep these statues? Should we celebrate Canada Day? No, you shouldn't. <laughs> I thought that was like implied. Like, h- how could you, especially at this time, I can't believe that it's actually a debate about whether or not we should celebrate Canada Day. Like, we just found out almost a thousand children, like, unmarked graves, and you want to celebrate Canada. For what? Well, for how? For how is that even appropriate? La. Yeah, let's just celebrate colonization and the atrocities. One thing I don't even understand is, like, white people get away with a lot of things to the point where you can kill thousands upon thousands of children and you can have a statue made of you. Yeah. And celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I, I don't even know what to say, to be honest, but I do want to say to the indigenous community, we we stand with indigenous people, indigenous lives, and and I don't even know, like, I hope that some sort of healing happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, that it will, but you're definitely I, I can I can only say that I'm I'm I stand with the I stand with you guys full one hundred percent. And I wanted to say also like any emotions you're feeling as an individual person, you're entitled to that emotion. Whether that be sadness or anger or any other feeling, grief, whatever, <clears throat> you're allowed to feel that way and don't let anybody like, don't worry about what white people think, or mm-hmm. don't worry about, like, how it's going to come off. Yeah. Just do you, and feel what you need to feel to you. It is not indigenous people's job to teach you about their history. Stop looking to the community, the indigenous community, to teach you about their history and you your ancestor did this so go back to your own history and read it i beg you stop stop it stop it you are not entitled you don't get to oppress and then also ask the oppressed to teach you so keep that bullshit to yourself and you know it is actually in the history that your ancestors were they didn't see anything wrong with the treatment of indigenous people so they we're very happy to write about how they killed them, mm-hmm. what they did. It's mostly people nowadays who are trying to hide that history. Mm-hmm. Because now they realize that it's wrong and they don't want that to like reflect on Canada. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that like I was watching the news and people are still talking about how this reflects on Canada. Should it matter? Should it really matter? No. And I've heard a lot about like Oh, how can we be here for the indigenous people and stuff that happened in the past? Indigenous people are still dealing with a lot right now. And they're still in, there's still an indigenous community. How can they be in the past? No, I mean, like, people are like, oh, well, what can we do to heal the past? Basically. And I'm like, you're not even healing the present. (laughs) The future is looking real bleak. (laughs) Yeah. And we, like, I don't understand what is so difficult, because literally, like, white people will 
experience like their football team losing like in 1968 and remember that as the saddest day but they don't understand why generational trauma is a thing but like i said wait and they're still being just do better like they still have the child welfare system that's going after them mm-hmm. uh, under funding of their reserves yeah. um no clean water like these are things that you can help them right now with mm-hmm. and give them their land back let's talk about that give them back their land oh my god that's a big one yeah let's talk about it let's give their land back mm-hmm. but you know still we stand with the indigenous community and do whatever you got to do to find healing to find some sort of peace and white people do better do better the other thing i want i wanted to touch on was the the muslim community there's been a lot of violence lately particularly in alberta against muslim women there's also been efforts in france to oppress muslim people especially muslim women like literally going after muslim women and young girls and then we have the issue in Pal- palestine i believe it's called what's your how are you doing with everything being a visibly not you're not just muslim but you're also like a visible muslim who yeah. is also black yeah so let's start off with edmonton so a lot of the attacks on muslim women in edmonton is not being highlighted enough but also thing that's kind of missing is like the fact that a lot of these women are black Muslim women that are being attacked. Mm-hmm. And that's not being talked about a lot. Like, people are just like, oh, it's Muslim women, and yes, it is, but, like, don't erase their their blackness. Right. And, unfortunately, yeah, a few of the attacks have happened to Somalis, uh, Somali women. Personally, right now, I feel like I'm tired. Like, I just... I, I don't... Um, like, I understand, no, I don't even understand the to be honest. <laughs> like, and a lot of times it's only the women that get attacked. And we're just trying to live our everyday lives, just trying to live our day, day-to-day life. And these men, which I think 90% of them are men. White men. White men, yes. Mm-hmm. They take it upon themselves to hit us, scream at us, yell at us, tell us to go back home, regardless of fact that some of us are born and raised here mm-hmm. which it doesn't even <laughs> but yeah but no it brings fear to my my heart because not so much for me but for my family and you always have to somewhat worry about like oh are my sisters going to be okay like recently they in Edmonton they had a like a rally mm-hmm. to kind of like tell the government they need more protection and my two sisters went, and I remember just thinking, instead of being like, oh, that's so great, I was thinking, well, are they going to be okay? Is someone going to ram them with their car? Like, these are the things that were running through my mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even say, oh, good for them. I was worried about their well-being because here's a group of Muslim people, mostly Muslim women, 
yeah. all in one place. This is like it's. I thank God so much that like something didn't happen because that yeah. would have been like the perfect place, unfortunately, for it to happen. So yeah, because something like this has happened. I'm not sure in Canada, but I'm sure we'll find something similar in Canada where a white man rammed through a protest of, like, and murdered, like, Muslim women. Mm. This is something I've read about before. Um, I can't remember which country mm. this was, but, um, yeah, like, this is, it's, it's always, like, I always think about that, and I'm like, how, like, forget the big issues that happen, like, like murder, but like the day to day that Muslim women have to go through, and the assumption that like there's a. I had a huge argument with my uncle because he was saying that little girls who wear hijabs are are forced, and I'm like, well, you baptize children when they're zero years old and they can't consent. Mm-hmm. Is that abuse? He's like, no. You have to raise your child in the way of the Lord. Okay. So, so then, why can't they raise their children up in the way of Allah? Yeah. And in their faith? Yeah. I don't understand. I will be honest with you as much as, and I'm, I'm speaking from a place of privilege, but I just, I don't get why people care. About who someone else is worshipping. Yeah. And how they choose to represent themselves. Mm-hmm. Another thing was, I was watching a, a YouTube video of reacting to uh, popular culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they do put like, one or two Muslim characters in nowadays. Mm-hmm. And how they're portrayed. So there's these girls who are reacting to it. And I really loved what one of them said, which was that men want to control us, regardless, like, men want to control women in general, mm-hmm. regardless of what we wear. So sometimes they're angry about, oh, our, sh- our shorts are too short, our our, our stomach is showing, our, our boobs are out, our nipples are poking out. But then when you have the reverse and we're covered, oh, she's covered, she's oppressed, you know, all of these things. So lose both ways. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there it on both extremes of covering up too much or covering up too little, there's laws against mm-hmm. But you don't see the same for men. <laughs> no. Men are honestly like just utter How come we don't have laws about men and how short their shorts could be or mm-hmm. how much clothes is too much clothes for men? We don't have it. I don't see it. Doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. And I think it, it's regardless of like whether you're from the West or the East or wherever, men want to control what women wear. Yeah. And, and, and control every aspect of women. Exactly. What do you, how can people support the Muslim community right now? I think the best way to support us is when you see something on the streets, don't just walk by. You know how many times I've been like harassed on the street or other Muslim women have been harassed on the street, whether it's verbally, physically, whatever. The least you can do 
is be a good Samaritan. And that means, whether that means you call the cops if someone's getting attacked or mm-hmm. whatever, because I've heard so many stories of like the stand by, they either just walk by or they, they don't do anything. They don't help them in any way. And I'm like, that's, that's evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like do something in the moment to help. Instead of pulling your phone out. And recording. Or just walking by. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you have to pull out your phone and call 911. Well, yeah. Like, at least do that. <laughs> like, at the very least. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, also if you know that, like, if you're a man and you know that another man is attacking a woman, maybe stand up for her. Maybe help her out. That's the thing. I wish that men were would stop worrying about being homies and actually doing the right thing. Yeah. I think a lot of the time, men do want to say things. Like, when I talk to males in my life, like, they, they actually, I don't know any stupid guy, like, personally, who is, like, a friend of mine. I don't keep such friends. <laughs> I just simply don't. But... I think the issue is that when they get into these rooms with other dumbasses, I don't know that they say anything. No. And I think that that's the more men, disgusting men, who do these things and say these things feel like, no, I can't say this out loud around other men, then I feel like we're, we're sort we're solving like part of the problem. But the issue is that when my, I feel like, and I'm not talking about my friends particularly, but I feel like there's not enough of men being like, hey, don't say that. That's that's weird. Yeah. You know? Or don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, again, one thing I would say is like, the best way to combat Islamophobia is to give it in the body. Within ourselves. Yeah. And then your inner community and within anything. I think a lot of the Islamophobia stems from people not knowing about Islam and not knowing Muslim. And the underlying issue here, of course, is, is white supremacy. So. Of course. And like the media's portrayal of Muslim. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. So, let's get into the letters. You guys, I didn't read everything. We oh, we got a few, but I didn't want to make this episode super long, so we're only we're not going to read that many letters. Asha has some letters or a letter, and I have I'm going to read three letters. Do you want to go first? No, you go. Okay. God, this couch is so uncomfortable. I thought it was very comfortable. The handles are not like oh, the like handles. Let's see. Okay, so this person wants to stay private. They said, "Hi JJ, first of all, I love the podcast and keep doing what you do. Please keep me anonymous. I have been talking to this guy for some time now, but he says." He says very weird things, especially when me and his friends hang out. He's homophobic, transphobic, and he's a a Todd misogynistic. 
On the other hand, he will pick me up from work, give me foot rubs, and the dick is to die for. But his behavior goes against everything I believe in. What should I do? The short, little sweet thing is um, ended. <laughs> <laughs> but the, she said the dick is great and he gives her foot rubs. I mean, that's great. But, I mean, let's acknowledge that that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, that's great. <laughs> What's not to like? But but if if it's maybe okay if you want it to be short thing, kind of. But like, if you want a real relationship with this guy, you can't. Like, I don't think it's possible because you guys have such different belief systems mm-hmm. and opinions. Um, and it seems like. A lot of the stuff that he does believe in and, and does say rubs you the wrong way, and mm-hmm. for good reasons. Um, but yeah, I can see that quickly becoming a problem in a relationship with him. Yeah, and you can't have sex twenty four hours a day. Yeah, it, it can't just be sex, rub my feet, <laughs> sex and rub my feet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, good. Oh, it drives me to work. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so I think for me, like, personally, like, values are extremely important to me. I think I wouldn't even have sex with somebody whose values didn't align, but that's just me. I think, yeah, I think, like Asha said, like, if your values don't align with this person, especially, he's he's homophobic, transphobic, and misogynistic, goddamn, like, he sounds terrible. I think you can do better. You deserve better, Queen. So get you a new man or turn this guy into a one minute, you know, hey, I need the dick. He comes over like dessert. You get what you need to get and you keep it pushing. <laughs> I don't see why you should come and kill yourself. Yeah, you can't, um, when it comes to relationship values, it's very Extremely. Okay. That was short and sweet. Okay, the next question is from Tendo. He says that he's currently going to school in Ottawa. He loves being in Canada. And now that school is done, he doesn't know how to tell his parents he wants to, he never wants to go back to Uganda. (laughs) He says, I mean, I can't go back to Port Hall's smelly armpits and not knowing when Museveni will unleash ruthless animals to beat us (laughs) for wearing red on the streets of Kampala. How should I go about telling my parents even though they pay for everything, I do not ever want to go back to Uganda. Well, the first thing I want to say is, I see, I don't know what your visa is like. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing. But if you're, it's possible, I would say start becoming more independent. You're done school, so maybe start looking for a job, get a job, and start making your own money. Mm-hmm. Then they can't hold that against you, right? Yeah. On top of that, like, yeah, so start being more independent financially is a big thing so that you can, at least you can be like, oh, well, here I am paying for everything so I can make my choices. You know, they're going to definitely pull that, I'm, well, I'm paying for you to be here, right? Yeah, and just pull out their money. I agree, like, you know, you're done school, get you a job, and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you are living on your own right now anyways, so try to, so you're already used to being independent. Mm-hmm. 
and then apply apply for your stuff in silence. Like, but still, for now, mooch off of your parents because that is their responsibility. I beg. <laughs> so, literally, get all the money you can get and get you situated. Just be like, you know, I'm I'm still trying to do this and that. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh so yeah, and apply for your papers so that you can stay, actually stay here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's literally that whole Uganda is on lockdown, so you have 42 days to like decide. <laughs> Who knows? Seven, you might push it even longer, but yeah, just work on your things in silence. And uh, get you independent, and then when you're ready, you can be like, actually, uh, mommy and daddy, I'm not coming back. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, when you have tasted Wi-Fi in this country, <laughs> you don't, uh, and like plans, monthly plans. Can you believe in Uganda, like every day you're loading airtime? No, no. Every at least two hours of the day, you're loading airtime. What is that? Just to use your phone. And then you come here and they're like, oh, you can just use your phone for a month as long as you pay a monthly fee. Life is just different here. I'm not, there's obviously great, everything in Uganda is so much better. The food, the people, the, the life, but the weather, <laughs> the weather, like everything is just the bomb diggity, but I get you, I get you completely. Like the portals are just not my favorite thing. Like I can't. Driving in Uganda is, Oh, I don't even, I don't even want to, yeah. What did, what's your question? Asha. So, Monica sent in us a letter saying that one of her friends is a white passing black woman. Mm-hmm. And she recently got a job that was meant for black people. Mm-hmm. And I am starting to feel a type of way. Um, and so, am I a bad friend for this? Oh, boy. White passing meaning she's still black. I have no idea this is Monica's letter. No. But I assume white I'm passing. assuming she's just a black person that is white passing. Ah, uh, yes. Kind of like, um, like that guy from Prison Break. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, maybe, he's a yeah. black man, but he's literally... He looks yeah, like, oh my god, it took me for a trip when I found that out. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. <laughs> I was so shocked. But yeah, I think she assumed... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Monica's friend probably Yeah. Like that. Oh, I don't think you're a bad friend. I think... I always feel that way when I Google something, like when I Google box breeds, and everyone that comes up is literally biracial. And I'm like, where are the people that look like me? Google. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you should. I don't think you should pretend to be happy for her. Mm. I don't know that you should have the conversation because there's no way this conversation will boil over well for you. No, but probably it, <laughs> it just won't. But don't try to be fake about it. Don't try to go out of your way to be. Oh my god, girl! I'm so happy for you. Like, girl, you got this. Don't be doing all that because then you're gonna feel even worse. Just if she talks about it, just be like, <laughs> and then yeah, I think I think just talk talk to people that don't know her about your feelings about this. <laughs> And eventually you'll get over it, to be honest. Yeah. For me, I I can totally understand why you feel some type of way. I mean, yeah. 
she is capable of getting jobs that are not meant for black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, you probably are like, well, who the fuck hired her? <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, yes. And that's not taking away from her blackness. It's just that, like, I don't think that that job should have been hers. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. And then, and then I would say another thing is, you don't have to be fake about it. Actually, it depends on how much of a friendship she is deep. Like, if you guys are close, then you might have to check, like, but if she's just like a friend, acquaintance, you could be honest with her, I think. Isn't it going to end well? No. <laughs> it all depends on the outcome that you want. Do you care if the outcome is positive or negative? Are you neutral? That will determine how you're going to deal with the situation. If but to answer your question, you know you're not a bad friend. Yeah. I think those are normal questions. Like it's like, why did um, what's that? What's that woman's name? Who I who denies she's black? Who played Nina Simone? Oh, Zoe Saldana. Yeah, it's like when that happened, I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Did she deny she's black? She always denies she's black until last year when the Black Lives Matter uprising, oh. and she apologized. First of all. It was directed by a white woman, so I don't know why we got any different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another thing is, like, when people were like giving her hell and back, she was she was just like, "I'm I'm a black woman, I'm a black woman," right? Yeah, and she came for people yeah. for for being like, "Bitch, what the hell is this?" And it's like I don't. <sighs> but now, last year, she was like, "Guys, I'm sorry about that." I. You know, it was bad judgment on my part. And I was like, you I think? Fell, I fell above my head. I couldn't think straight. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you, Zoe. I don't. That movie was horrible anyway. I didn't watch it, but I heard. The fact that you had to get a prosthetic nose, didn't that just say like, okay, this is not the right And she right. had to make herself darker. Like she, they literally had to put dark makeup on her. And stuff. So all of that was just too much. When Every, you could have just hired someone who actually looks kind of like Nina Simone. Throw everybody away. Throw everyone away yeah. who did that. The last question is, this is coming from someone who didn't leave a name. Hi, JJ. I really love your podcast, especially the episode where you talk about death. Lately, due to the pandemic... I have been struggling with suicidal thoughts. I often find myself fantasizing about my funeral and my burial. I'm really struggling to be happy to be alive. Any advice would help? So, for me, I would say, it sounds like, and I don't want to, like, diagnose you with anything, but it sounds like you're dealing with a lot of, like, depressive symptoms. Mm-hmm. And my advice to you is possibly, if you can, speak to a professional about this mm-hmm. and seek out, like we had last week, uh, therapy um, episode, talking about the benefits of therapy as black people. Mm-hmm. But in all actuality, like, in this time, in, in, it's very, like, it's very understandable your feelings. Like a lot has happened. We've been in lockdown. 
people are dying and things that. So just be kind to yourself and remember that like your feelings are valid in the sense that you're feeling low and upset and sad about things, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, like acceptance in in yourself and in your feelings, but also wanting to let you know that there's like there is a light to the tunnel. You know what I mean? Life right now might feel like shit, but it's not, and I feel like I'm being cheesy right now, but it's not going to always feel like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you need to talk to a professional or seek therapy, that's good because me, we both need to do therapy. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no stigma from us. Like we, we advise everyone. To go to therapy. Everybody, if you can and if it's accessible, please you, there, yeah. see a therapist because, yeah. oh, yeah, honestly, I, I also have in the past and sometimes do struggle with, with suicidal thoughts. Not necessarily, I guess I wouldn't call them suicidal thoughts, but almost, I yeah, almost being like, hmm, I feel like life would be better if, like, I, I always, I find myself admiring, like, when people are dead, because I feel like when, when you die, you don't really have to think about anything. Like, when you're dead, mm -hmm. it's done. Mm -hmm. And to be fair to you, I also fantasize about my funeral and, like, how I should be buried. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just because I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> so, like, you know, so, like, I, I know what that's like, but for me... I would say, yeah, like, it's so, first of all, kudos to you for, like, writing to us and being so open about this, but also, yeah, seek out help. If you have a family doctor, talk to them about your feelings and then start from there. You do have to get on a waiting list when you are seeing a professional, mental health professional, which Canada's healthcare system is trash. It's trash. You have but to be on a long waiting list. Try as best as you can to have people in your life that you can speak to, not necessarily about about personal issues all the time, but even if it's just like, hey, I'm just having a rough day, I'm not feeling my best, um, find, find your tribe is always what I tell people. Yeah. Find your tribe and, you know, go where the good vibes are. Like sometimes... You can't just depend on the good vibes to find you. Sometimes you have, literally have to go out there and be like, I need to find the vibes. For me, like cooking is cooking to like some Ugandan music just brings the vibes <laughs> to me. Or even like blogging, like writing is a big thing. So try to do those little joyful things. Well, Asha walks all the time. I don't get it. Oh my God, but, I love it. But Asha is always walking. So that also like helps. So do things that. Even though you don't feel like it, like, once you do it, you feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very hard. Like, yeah, but, and, and speaking on the whole find your tribe, find people that, like, it's, I want to say that it's, like, okay to let people know how to treat you. Mm -hmm. So, if you feel like, and, like, there's a lot of people, when you tell them issues, they or, or tell them, I'm feeling low, they want to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Let them know. I just want to talk. I just yes. I don't, want, I don't want your advice. I just want to unload and like just let me let me unload. I'm a big advocate for t 
talking to a husband. Yeah, and sometimes, like, even, like, for me, I I don't do this as much anymore, but I find myself doing it all the time when my friends have an issue. I'm like, okay, let's find solutions, you know? But sometimes it's like, no, Jane, like, I just want to come over, vent, and we can have some fried plantain and chicken, and that's that's the end of that. It's not always about fixing the issue but yes you do need to communicate and say hey like that's not what i came here for and yeah we do hope you feel better and do things you like yeah which is probably listening to this podcast or watching something <laughs> they like the plug yeah uh, you're right <laughs> <laughs> yes do something that you like to do however many of you think it is mm-hmm. Even if it's just buying the licorice, just buy it and eat it and feel good. I literally thought it was licorice. I was like, Jane, we got another problem. (laughs) (laughs) That too, you know, why? Like, I like a nice glass of wine. I'm too old nowadays. Like, when I have a glass of wine, I literally am hungover for a week. So, I don't do alcohol as much anymore, but... Also, drink responsibly. Drink responsibly, please. We don't want you to come and bust yourself. Uh-huh. And, you know, thank you guys for the listener letters. Uh, this was good. Mm-hmm. Maybe next time we'll read more letters. But for today, this is a trial. So, <laughs> you know, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of Black Queen's Republic. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.